If you have your Bibles, be turning with us to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and we'll be reading verse number 32. This morning I want to begin to wrap up our mini-series in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 as we're preaching through the book of Hebrews, and I want to preach part of a two-part series we'll wrap up next week on a legacy to remember. We've been looking at living a legacy. I want to look at living a legacy to remember. For 60 years, Peggy Harris wanted or waited to hear what happened to her husband, Billy, during World War II. Billy was a pilot in action over France, and due to various mistakes, she uh, never was told where his remains were or if he was considered MIA or uh, KIA, killed in action or missing in action. Finally, the family discovered there was really no mystery at all. He was buried with his comrades at Normandy, France. However, what surprised Peggy was to discover that for 60 years, a small French town, Les Vintes, had honored the memory of Billy Harris. They named a street after him and had an annual ceremony honoring Billy. Why? Because it was widely known in the French village that although he was badly wounded, Harris had directed his stricken plane away from the village and into the woods, saving many lives. Peggy Harris, who remained unmarried, now visits the town of the, and the grave on occasion. The town has treated her as family, and Peggy has been able to become friends with uh, a man who tried to rescue her husband. The mayor of the city said this of Billy Harris, we don't forget. This is Memorial Day, and although we don't have, I know our attendance is down, we have a lot of people out traveling, our youth, uh, many of them are at youth camp, please be in prayer for our youth this week. Yet this is Memorial Day, and it is a time for us to remember, remember the soldiers who laid down their life for us, and we have a wealth of indebtedness to those who sacrifice that we would have freedom and so we call to remember those who have gone before us who have paid an ultimate sacrifice for us that we could have life and liberty and uh, understand and hold dear the uh, the freedoms that we have as americans Yet also, as they laid down their lives and sacrificed, and we remember them, our lives should also leave behind something that we are remembered for. This week, as we were on vacation, sat there and enjoyed sitting in the chair, watching the, at the beach, and as we watched the waves roll in one after another, they would slowly just disappear, never to be seen again, and it reminded me of the scripture where God said that our lives are but a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanishes away just the same way as the waves on the shore do. Our lives will quickly vanish and what we do in this life, what we do today, the choices, the decisions we make will forever dictate how we are to be remembered. Today I want to encourage you to live a life that will leave a legacy to be remembered but not just one to be remembered for we can look at history and there are many people who are remembered i could 
dare say the name of uh, Saddam Hussein, and you're going to know exactly who I'm talking about. We could say a name such as Genghis Khan or Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin. There are people who have been remembered, yet we do not hold these names dear to our hearts, do we? Yet there are some that we hold dear. And what I want us to do is for a moment reflect on our own lives and say, listen, with God's help, we will attempt and to leave a life that will live a legacy worth remembering, one that is pleasing and honoring to God, that when we die, when we lay down our life, that our children, our grandchildren, that those who have been impacted by our lives will remember us for the good that we have done in their lives. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 32 through verse number 35, the Bible says, And what more shall I say? He has just mentioned Gideon and, and Samson and many of the other ones and David. He says, For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and also of David and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance they might obtain a better resurrection. This morning, this passage of Scripture really is broke down into three areas that have three subparts, and I want to examine these just briefly, and I'll try to preach fast if you'll listen fast this morning. The first area we see here is uh, coming down to verse number 33, and we see the attainments of faith or the things that faith will do. It says, who through faith subdued kingdom." What we find is that our faith will attain some things in our life when we live by faith, when we walk by faith, when we exercise our faith, there are some faith, uh, faith will attain some things in our life. And the first one we see here is that faith conquers. It is a faith that conquers. The Bible says, who through faith subdued kingdoms. They subdued kingdoms. They made their enemies flee and escaped the edge of the sword. In 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse number 1, the Bible says, After this it came to pass that David attacked the Philistines and subdued them, and David took meeting Amma from the hand of uh, Methag Amma from the head, hand of the Philistines. We find that David attacked the Philistines and subdued them. We know throughout Scripture that David was blessed by God and God helped him that he would conquer his enemies. And what we find through David, I'm not going to recap the life of David as we looked a few weeks ago, but we find that David was a man of faith, even from a young boy who was not afraid to take on the bear and the lion and Goliath. And throughout his life, David lived by faith, and that faith allowed him to be able to conquer his enemies. 
God through faith. Uh, David left a legacy of faith because his faith conquered. And I want you to know that in your life and mine that God is still the same God. And we are all fighting battles in our lives, in our homes, in our minds. We are fighting battles in our society. We are fighting battles uh, uh, of many fronts. And yet we understand through God's Word that it is faith. It is the faith of God and faith in Him that allows us to conquer and defeat our foes. Through faith, the Bible says, they subdued kingdoms. It was faith in God that God used and worked through their lives to conquer not only does faith allow us the attainment of faith allow us to conquer but second uh, second of all we see that it also gives us faith that promotes justice it is the attribute and the attainment of faith it is having faith that promotes justice the Bible says here that they subdued kingdoms and worked righteousness. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here this morning, but I want you to know that it is faith in God and it is a right relationship and faith in Him that promotes justice in this world. In Israel, we find that their faith worked righteousness in them and it established judgment. Israel's faith in God created a society that was built on righteous government. When a people places their faith in God and follow Him faithfully, righteous leadership will be the result. And what we're seeing in America today is a result of people not living by faith and placing their faith in God. We need to return to God. We must place our faith in Him. And when people, a people, that is you and I, when we begin to live by faith, one of the results of that faith is that righteousness will be brought about, that there is a system of righteousness and justice that is promoted. What we're seeing is merely a lack of our faith and obedience to God. The third attainment of faith is that faith inherits God's promises. The Bible says here that, verse number 33, who faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, and obtained promises. Through faith, they obtained promises. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 15 Dealing with Abraham said, and so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. This morning we can look at Scripture and time will not give us opportunity to go through. But if we go back to the Old Testament and begin to study the prophets and the, and the patriarchs and saints of God, and you look at their lives, you find that faith caused them to step out. And, and, and by their faith, they saw the promises of God fulfilled in their life we read the story of Abraham and Isaac and we we applaud his great faith that Abraham would willing be willing to sacrifice Isaac trusting that God was able to raise him up from the dead but he saw the providential hand of God and God's promises fulfilled because he stepped out and followed God by faith 
I wonder this morning, how many promises of God have you missed out upon? How many of God's promises and blessings in my life have I missed out upon simply because we do not follow him by faith? We have said, God, we do not trust you, therefore we will do this our own way, in our own time, in our own manner, and so we do. And all the while, God's saying, you have done it your way, but had you have stepped out by faith and followed me, the blessings would have been far greater than you could have imagined. The attainments of faith, the faith that conquers, a faith that promotes justice, and a faith that inherits God's promises. The second way that we find that we live by faith, there's a second aspect here, and that is the next portion deals with the audacity of faith. The audacity of faith. It says in verse number 33, Stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, and escaped the edge of the sword. The audacity of faith. The audacity of faith is this. Audacity literally means a resolute boldness. As we prayed earlier and read through earlier at the beginning of the scripture in, in Acts chapter number 4, uh, they prayed that they would have boldness to proclaim the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The audacity of our faith means that we have a resolute boldness in our faith that we're going to hold on to it, but also that we're going to proclaim it and share it with the world. The audacity of our faith. The boldness of our faith accomplishes three things. The first thing mentioned here, the Bible says, is that it uh, stopped the mouths of the lions. The lions' mouths were shut. This morning there are many uh, examples of this found in Scripture. The first, of course, is of Samson. In Judges chapter 14, verse number 6, the Bible says, And the Spirit of the Lord came up mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as he would have torn apart a young goat. Though he had nothing in his hand, but he did not tell his father and mother what he had done. And God, because of Samson's faith in the Lord, God gave Samson the power to overcome the lion. We also find this happens of Daniel or of David. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34 through 37, the Bible says, But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear... He will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. We find also a man by the name of Benaiah. In 2 Samuel 23, 20, Benaiah was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Kabzeel, who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. And then also, of course, we know of Daniel in chapter 6, verse number 22. Daniel being thrown in the lion's den. The Bible says, My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth 
so they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. In the case of Samson and David and Benaiah and Daniel, in all three situations, what we see is individuals who by faith said, listen, I just trust that God is greater than my own abilities. He's greater than the lion. And they held to this promise that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so we find that they held their faith. And the audacity of our faith, the boldness of our faith will cause the lion's mouth to be shut. See, we're, we're blessed today. We're living in, 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 in relative ease without persecution. And yes, there's a lot of drama and a lot of sin and wickedness going on in this world. But we're blessed, still blessed, to live in America. I read in the news just this morning that in North Korea, there was a family and a two-year-old kid among those who were caught with a Bible in their home. And even the two-year-old child who had the Bible in their home has been sentenced to life in prison because they had a Bible in their home. And this two-year-old from its, from its infancy has been condemned to prison. We have relative peace today. We have problems. Yet what little persecution we have. We use it often as an excuse to quietly sit back, hold back and contain the good news that Jesus saves. Boy, last week, wasn't that a beautiful message? I wasn't here when I was able to listen to it, and what a wonderful message on missions. The truth is that if we had boldness of our faith, we would be the missionary that God needs us to be. We would go and tell the good news. Those who come against us, God could shut their mouths as he sees fit. But most of us will never see the lion's mouth shut because our faith is not bold enough to allow us to be thrown in the lion's den where God can shut the lion's mouth. The audacity of our faith will see the lion's mouth shut. Also, we see here the Bible says, the verse number 34, it says, quench the violence of fire. There's a couple of illustrations this morning I could give of that, but I'm just going to look here at Daniel. We have the story of Daniel chapter 3 of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who through their boldness of their faith said, listen, we will not bow down to this idol. So we're not going to. Whatever happens, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not bowing down to your statue. We're going to hold on to our faith. Daniel chapter 3, verse number 19, the Bible says, And Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression of his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
he spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, <coughs> their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. They are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. The audacity of our faith will see the fires of this world quenched. The fires that are against us you say, Pastor, what does that look like? I don't always know. But if you've been following the news the last couple of weeks with Target and all the different things that are going on, I want you to know there is a raging fire that's trying to consume not just us, but the minds of, of our children. It's a veil. There is corruption. How are we going to see the fire quenched? What are we going to do when society and the world and Satan has an agenda to destroy hearts and minds? What's the answer? It is the audacity of our faith, the boldness of our faith that says, listen, I'm going to stand firm. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to budge. I'm going to stand firm upon the foundation of God's word. That's how we see the fires quenched. The audacity of our faith. Oh, it's been easy to hold our faith when times are easy, when things are going our way, but what about when we have to stand before the king? The audacity of our faith. Then thirdly, here we see, it says, quench the violence of fires and escape the edge of the sword. Psalms 144, verse 10, the one who gives salvations to kings, who delivers David his servant from the deadly sword. This morning, I'm not going to linger here for sake of time, but if you study scripture, you find that throughout history, God delivered any time he saw fit his servants from the sword. He even did so to the Roman soldier who uh, Peter had cut off his ear. God spared him from the sword, did he not? God can spare us from the sword. But we must hold fast to our faith. We must hold fast. Lastly this morning... 
The third aspect that we see here is the achievements of faith. The achievements of faith. What does that look like? It says in verse number 34, that quenched the violence of fire and escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Became valiant in battle and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Strength from weakness. Judges chapter 16, verse number 28, I think is probably the best example of this. Here we have Samson, whose eyes have been gouged out. He's lost his strength. The Bible says, And Samson called to the Lord, saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. The Spirit of God had departed from Samson because his vow had been broken when his hair was cut. His eyes had been gouged out. Here he was, just a, a shadow of the man that he once was portrayed to be. Brought out to be mocked upon by the Philistines. And in his weakness there, he cried out, God, just one more time, would you strengthen me? He believed that in spite of everything, that God was still capable and able of working in his life. And by faith, Samson cried out to God. And what did, how did God respond? If you know the story, you know that he pushed the pillars apart, the house came down, and he killed more in his death than he did in his life. God, through his weakness, God granted him strength. We need strength this morning. We need strength. The achievements of our faith is that we are granted strength. Strength in our life to carry on the extra mile when... Have you ever wondered what's the point? Have you ever thought, why even fight it anymore? Why fight politically? Why fight the system? Emotionally, why keep trying to hope and love when it's not reciprocated from others? With your health, why keep trying to fight when it seems like There's no improvement. I'm just weak. I want you to know this morning that through our faith, God can give strength in our weakness. It doesn't mean that the outcome is always grand and glorious. In Samson's case, he died here in the end. Yet even in his death, God used him in a mighty way. And even in our weakness, if we will allow God through our faith in him to work, he can do great things. A missionary years ago by the name of Kevin Terry, he was a, a missionary down in Mexico. And... There, he had an eight-year-old daughter who had always, he said of all of his children, she was the one who just most adamantly loved God. said she just always wanted to hear stories of God and said uh, one night, said they, they had their bunk beds there and she always slept on the bottom because she was scared of the geckos, the big lizards that would crawl the walls and ceilings above her bed. 
and said, but this one night, she, she said, Dad, she said, would you tell me about the story about Jesus one more time? And he told her. And she said, he's on the top bunk. He said, baby, you're going to get down here? She said, no, I'm going to sleep up here tonight. And he thought, well, that's kind of strange. Why would she? She never sleeps up there. She said, no, it'll be okay. She said, she said I'm going to be with Jesus. It'll be all right. The next morning, the church, much like today, we have a, a dinner right after church. They had one after their service as well that morning. And they were there by the river, and they were all the kids were out swimming in the river, but they didn't know they'd been dredging that river, and it dropped off very deep. Some of the kids began to drown, and everybody was hollering to go and get the kids. And Mr. Terry, uh, he was a, uh, uh, Kevin Terry was a big in martial arts, very athletic and fit. He did some uh, stunt work for Chuck Norris, and uh, a very athletic man, and he jumped in and was able to save all the kids, and everybody got their kids together. And they were standing around getting ready to pray for the meal the church was about to eat. And as he was praying, he said, the Holy Spirit said, little Rebecca's with me. He ran, jumped back in the river, and began to swim and go down and down. And on one time, he went to the bottom, went to push off. When he did, he felt something soft below his feet. Dove back down and got found his daughter's body. While they were saving everyone else, he forgot to count for his own family. He said he got her, picked her up in his arms, with no medical stuff there in, in rural Mexico. He ran, carried her in his arms for five miles to a doctor, and there little Rebecca was pronounced dead. He had been training the police department there in martial arts, and at his, at, before a funeral, the, the police there in that town, they stood at attention for 24 hours waiting for her burial because of his ministry and their respect for him. In the end, God used Rebecca's death in a great way that that town and that area in Mexico was completely changed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Kevin Terry could have came home and wept and said, I'll never go back to Mexico. But instead, because of his faith, he said, Lord, in my weakness, will you be strong? And God did a great work because of it. The achievements of our faith is that God works in a mighty way. Second of all, we find here that he says, not only will we be made strong from our weakness, he says, but become valiant in battle. This morning, for sake of time, I won't go over it, but throughout Scripture, throughout chapter 11, you'll read of David and Gideon, Jericho, and all the different battles that God brought throughout Israel in the Old Testament, and mighty in war, we find that the, the achievement of faith is that God grants great victory. Victory to be wrought. I don't know about you, but I need some victories in my life. Any of you need victories? We're in some spiritual warfares. But with our faith, we can be mighty because of him. And lastly, he says... And turned to flight the armies of the Adians, the enemies. He made the enemies to flee. Judges chapter 7, verse 21, Gideon here with his 300 men had gone out to battle. You know the story, they had got the ones that wouldn't lap the water like dogs, but those who'd bring the water up to their face. And they narrowed their, 
their army down to just 300 men. It says, and every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled with just 300 men. And the entire army ran and fled, crying out in fear, because God made the enemies to flee. We have some enemies, don't we? The church has enemies. There are people who desire and seek for the church to fail. There are people who desire for this church, this local body at North Etowah, to fail. There are people that want you to fail. There are people that want me to fail. There are people that don't like me, that want to destroy. But through our faith, God says, be faithful, hold on, stay strong. I'll make your enemies flee. This morning, what I desire to do in my life is live a life of faith in such a way that my children, my friends, my family will look at my life and remember and say, it was real. I saw a faith that, was, that had a brazen, resolute boldness that stayed faithful, and through that, through the hard times, through the challenges. I, I saw God work in his life. This morning, God wants to work in your life, in my life, the same as he did these mentioned of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. But we must live by faith and hold on to him. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. This morning, I don't know your heart, but I know in my life that I need greater faith. I do. Our church needs greater faith. Satan desires nothing more than to destroy your life and mine. But if we'll be faithful to him, we have the promise and the assurance that he is always faithful to us. If you're here this morning, and I, I'm not going to take this for granted, but if you're here and you're struggling, if you're here and you're hurting this morning, you're here and you're fighting spiritual battles, this morning would you pray, the altars are open as they begin to sing, if God is speaking to your heart, would you come? If you're here and you do not know Jesus as your Savior today, why won't you come? Let us show you from the Bible how you can know that you have an eternal home in heaven. If God is speaking to your heart this morning, please do business with him.